Welcome to the Feed Weekly, where we take a bite out of New Zealand's most important food stories. Join us at thefeed.co.nz and be sure to subscribe, rate and review. And now, let's dive in. The New Zealand hops industry goes from strength to strength with $50 million in export sales, more than 200 craft breweries, and more hectares being planted every year. Hops, it seems, are hot. And some are even predicting that hops could go the way of grapes as the craft beer industry explodes in popularity, just like wine did in the 1980s. But how sustainable is that growth? And what cultivars show the most promise? And the burning question, why do hops only grow in Mochueka? Well, I am joined by the leading scientist behind New Zealand's hop breeding program, Ron Beetson, who has just recently retired, and his worthy successor, Kerry Templeton, both senior scientists with Plant and Food. Thanks for joining me on the feed. Kerry, um, it is amazing that Mochueka seems to be so good at growing hops. Is that the only place that grows hops in New Zealand? At the moment, it's pretty much the only place that's growing hops commercially. Uh, there is one farm, North Canterbury, starting to grow, just starting to grow hops. This is their first season, I believe. Um, and there's, there's some people playing around Central Otago with effectively not much bigger than um, homebrew scale hop farms equivalent hmm. hop farms um but yeah right at the moment this is the only area that's grown them commercially uh could the other areas grow them successfully yeah i think they could if they could get the sunshine hours and the low lower wind um find a spot of low wind um i think there'd be success you could get hops growing successfully uh, probably from telpo south depending on your altitude mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. But yeah, it requires, and you've got the nice fertile soils, flat land, there's a whole bunch of things you have to get. You have to get perfect. People talk about a latitude for hops. Uh, Is that true kind of internationally, that there has to be this kind of, um, there are the two bands equidistant from the equator? does seem to be that way. Um, But if you look at the Northern Hemisphere band and superimpose that onto New Zealand, where they're growing hops there is off the bottom of Stewart Island. So, oh well, there we um, go. You've got a it's it's a narrow band, but it's yeah, it's the length of the probably the South Island, if not South Island and half the North Island as well. Hops are a native of um, Central Asia, and their latitudes up there are uh, higher than what they are here in New Zealand. And but um, overall, hops are found in you know from about thirty-five north of the equator to up to fifty plus. Um, and obviously, as Kerry explained, that's um, quite a way south of the 50 plus is way to hell and gone down south of um, the main islands of New Zealand. So, um, but the, I think it's more about the the climates. Uh, you know, ours is a temperate oceanic climate, and whereas some of the other countries the, that are growing hops are more um, continental, you know, type climates where it's can be have quite hot summers but quite cold winters. Hmm. And which are which are conducive to hop production as well, of course. So, it, but but uh, it's it's right um, that latitude is quite important. Kerry, just thinking about this growth that's been happening in the last few years, um, I actually said twelve hundred tons, but I think it's fifteen hundred tons exported and and around about fifty million dollars of exports. Where was where's that going? Like, who's buying our hops? Uh, majority would be going to the United States, the US. Craft brewing market is be buying majority, followed by like Australia and England or Europe, Europe, Europe in general um, would be the ones. But US would be the number one market 
Um, yeah, they'll mm. be the big ones from our perspective. I think there is push to go into Asia as well, but it sort of hasn't happened yet on a large scale anyway. It, it's a mm. tiny I, fraction. I, I, I think it's um, it's only 1.5% of all the um, total hop production. But uh, are they buying something uniquely New Zealand or are we just adding to the, the you know, kind of to the generic hop pool? We've got very different flavours, I guess is probably the best way to put it. The, the flavours from New Zealand hops or flavours and aromas are different to what you get out of from other countries' hops. Um, it's probably down partially to us being a breeding program on the other side of the world, having starting with a fairly limited pool of resources and having to make our own, um, make it up as we go along to some extent. And it's, yeah, we've ended up with hops, some hops that have just really out there flavours or very strong flavours. I mean, Nelson Salvin or Nectaron or Rewalker, they're all the three that talk to most craft brewers uh they know the names and they know what they're mm. you know, they know the, mm. the hops that I are think, in yeah, demand. I think yeah I, I think adding to what Kerry said, I, I think um the craft brewing industry is uh, internationally is, is sort of um they're looking for things that are different. And if you're a brewer in the United States and you're brewing with their main cultivars over there, um they can all be a bit samey. Um, so they're looking to get a bit of X factor into the, some of their beers. And one of the areas they're looking at is New Zealand. And because we do have unique cultivars and with unique fruity flavours and they haven't been matched by other countries. And I don't think it's our, we don't really want to match other countries with their flavours either because we want to be seen to be different. So, and, mm-hmm. and it's not saying that um, the other countries are not, uh, you know, they've got, wonderful breeding programs but our cultivars are really complementing them uh, in terms of their flavors so often they're quite synergistic you'll find brewers uh, craft brewers will use more than one hop and uh, one of them might be a new zealand hop one might be an australian hop or one might be a united states hop or other countries but Mm. you know they're synergistic basically so i think um, new zealand fits in really well with that and you know the rise of our industry is sort of parallel the craft beer boom is that flavour profile, um, you mentioned three cultivars there, Do they, are they all of a family so you could have a new, is there a sort of a New Zealand taste or are they so different that you, you couldn't really talk about a New Zealand flavoured hop? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, I think they're very, <laughs> those three are totally different and they've got totally different flavours across the three, but they all, one thing that people come back to is through this passion fruit, um, tropical fruit aromas. And there's often a lot of talk about those. That those are the flavours that people associate with New Zealand hops. Um, and I think those three, both, they all have them, but then that's just one component of their flavour. And then they have other other flavours in there that probably possibly even dominate. But they have, um, yeah, it's hard to... Mm. Yeah, they talk about a new world. Um, they describe our hops as new world, which is kind of similar to the wine industry, right? There's a. I, I wondered if there was a freshness or a, a kind of an, a um, in the way that New Zealand wine is often described as very explosive or very um, uh, fruity, or you know, with the flavours right up front. I, I, and sometimes that's described as new world wine, isn't it? Is there a parallel with uh, New Zealand hops? I think there is. I think, um, well, the new when they say New World and 
hop varieties. I think you could probably put Australia and the US in that category too, to some extent. Uh, right. No, that's, yeah. um, it's anything that's not old world European varieties, flavours. Um, the US, New Zealand, Australia have got breeding programs that all kind of going in different directions, but they're totally different to what the Europeans have got going for them. So, and, you know, New Zealand's the mark, the, the, yeah, we've gone down a route of sort of tropical fruit flavoured ones, which has put us in demand um, worldwide. Hmm. Yeah, you know, to put an example, I think the others are trying to copy us now to some extent and trying to, you know, develop more tropical fruit-flavoured hops. So yeah, I think our hops have, um, as I said earlier on, they paralleled the the rise and rise of the craft beer industry, and yeah. particularly in the United States, who've sort of led the way in many ways. But um, so you hop forward beers, and our hop cultivars are quite different than the classic um, old world, if you like, um, cultivars from Europe. So that's helped us a lot uh, in terms of the demand. Um, and as you, as we pointed out, there's there's only we're only about one percent of the world's crop, maybe a little bit more now, mm. but not not much more than that. So it's um, it you know it's it's pretty much niche marketing into um, specialty beers at the moment, but it could yeah. well be uh, quite a lot more if if um, the industry develops further. Mm. Yeah, I mean the, the craft brewing sector is probably you now a lot of the breweries are looking for different, so our hops fit that category quite well because it's, mm. they're after something that's different and will stand out from a, what is now quite a crowded market. And they, yeah, so they'll chase, you know, our hops become popular. They're, they're good hops and then they, they're different to anything else they can get hold of. Like Ron said, the US, sort of plenty of US hops. You sometimes see a bit of a parallel there here. A lot of New Zealand breweries are flat out using the hops from the United States, which... <laughs> Yeah, because the New Zealand hops are quite, they can get hold of them easy or have yes, have them, yeah, get so, hold of them easily. Um, you know, it's interesting that you know we're getting this growth now, and there's a lot more attention focused on it. But we have quite a long history with hops. So, um, Ron, can you tell us about Dr. Rudy uh, Roberg? Because I, I there's a bar in Auckland called Dr. Rudy's, named after mm-hmm. him, and in the sixties he pioneered this whole industry, but it. Am I right in thinking it kicked off thanks to a disease? Yes, pretty much, yeah. Um, there was some research done um, by the Cawthorn Institute here in, in Nelson uh, in the 1930s and 40s, but in terms of the plant breeding program, yes, it, it happened because of that disease, uh, black root rot, phytophthora, um, root rot disease, and that um, the cultivar that was grown mostly in the first 50 years of uh, this last 20th century was uh, a cultivar called Californian Lake Cluster, and with a name like that, you guess where it came from. And um, that cultivar has its its genetics are not fully understood even today, um, where where its ancestry is and totally lies. But that cultivar was um, it came from Northern California, a place called Russian River uh, Valley, and it was. Um, if you look on the map, it's uh, almost the same parallel um, latitude as what Nelson is. And so it it moved here quite nicely and uh, took off um, and was successfully grown. It had good production, um, but its one failing was that it uh, didn't stand up to the root rot disease uh, very well. And um, uh, uh, in contrast to that, 
the the old line material that was brought out from um, Europe, eighteen forties, eighteen fifties, and around about that time, um, and and later as well, um, those cultivars were poor performers. And the, they um, they're basically land races, many of them, and they they don't yield very well anyway. But they're out of their latitude, and um, but one thing they did have was good resistance to this disease. So you can see what where the story's going is that they, the, the program was set up. Um, the uh, government was approached by the brewing industry and the hop industry that, that existed at the time, just after the Second World War. So in 1948, they, they started um, looking at um, the De- Department of Scientific and Industrial Research, our, one of our legacy organisations, well, our legacy organisation for plant and food, actually. Um, they set up a research program and uh, bought some land here in near Motueka, and started doing some breeding work. And Dr. Roebig was the, the man that pioneered, certainly he pioneered the work. He uh, arrived in early 1950s and um, he retired in the 1970s. And during that time, he pioneered um, the disease resistance program and also the seedless program, which we run to, up until we're still running it now the, to, today. Mm. So, yeah, it's... Um, he was a pioneer, that's for sure, and uh, mm. he's often talked about um, now. Um, so he's, um, yeah, he, he he was the founder, if you like, of, of our research program. It takes a long time to develop these cultivars. Why is that? I read that it takes something like 10 years. Uh, you know, what's what's the deal? What makes it so complicated? You've got 16 under your belt, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh, why does it take so long? It probably, it's it's not just unique to hops. It's unique to all plant breeding programs, really, um, because when you think about the the time frame, what you've got to do is create a cross for a start, and depending on the species and in terms of hops, it takes from the cross it'll take two years before you can evaluate it properly in the field, um, and then it's only a single plant. So the the goal then is to uh, do all your selection work um, as early as possible, but you've still got to um, start um, replicating the the clones up as they are after that and um, start proving them in larger and larger trials. So what happens is you start off with a cast of thousands in, as, at the seedling stage, and um, by the end of the program, after 10, so 12 years, you've got a cast of one if you're lucky. And uh, <laughs> so, so the idea is is that you you step through the program um, in doing um, good. Um, you, you're looking at the the main attributes we look at are um, uh, agronomics and also um, the flavour of the product. We're very lucky here in New Zealand, despite the fact we did have a disease that was solved fairly quickly, and um, we don't really have any. Um, pest and disease issues uh, of any concern anyway there is one there's a two-spotted mite which we can can control by use of predator mites but apart from that we don't um, spray our hops um, with any pesticides so that's another unique thing about New Zealand is that we don't have to worry about um, the diseases that afflict um, major hop growing regions elsewhere in the world Mm. so why does it take 10, 10 years plus it's basically just one of those things where you grow the seedling for two years um, evaluate it, and then you have to clone it up and then put it into larger-scale trials and then do more evaluations on it and uh, do more brewing trials on it. And um, eventually, after uh, probably four or five more years, you've got something that, that 
we can be re reasonably assured that it's going to be um, performing fairly well from a commercial point of view. So, um, and from there, it then goes out to grower properties where it's um, grown on larger scales again, and often they find things that we don't find out about the hops. You know, they might, um, in terms of the maturity window, might change a bit. Um, also, the whether uh, the picking uh, aspects of the cultivars, also they, they look up, uh, they can see whether it's going to yield as well as what we anticipated it, it did in our little trials. And finally, we have to do plant variety rights on it. And um, so you can see that it quickly adds up to several years. And mm. and that's notwithstanding the fact that you've got to have um, good brewing trials done on all the time as well. So not only at um, plant and food do we do brewing trials, but also once they leave our our site, if you like, um, there, there's some um, pre-commercial brewing trials have got to be done, and the industry is embracing that at the moment. And we've got a very close relationship with um, New Zealand Hops Limited, which is the co-op part of the um, production here in New Zealand. Or, or, you know, they're one of the main marketers, um, and we've got a research contract with them, and uh, we are, we're tasked to deliver um, selections, which um, they help us with in terms of the um, objectives of what they want what they see as the important things at that, that point in time mm. so it's um it's a it's a it's not just our decisions it's there's there's a hop industry itself to that help us and also the brewing industry as well and with a focus on exports of course we do a lot of flavor work as well um with um both on site with with um Kerry's team, um, they do a lot. We do a lot of work around the sensory side of hop production, um, and you know, making sure that it ends up in beer. So you've got to do some good, good um, pilot brewing trials to start with, and um, and then we also um, have got an association or have had associations with universities here in New Zealand, particularly Otago University, where they've had students there helping us with um, some characterising some of our their main attributes of our cultivar. Oh. So it's a it's a it's a it's a teamwork effort, that's for sure. Mm. Uh, it's a complete Does that ecosystem. It? <laughs> that's a very good explanation. Thank you, Ron. I, I, I'm enthralled. Um, I mean, what you're describing is a is a, a complete value chain, isn't it? Of uh, creating IP and uh, genetics and understanding around that particular cultivar, then working with the brewers to, to develop these sort of prototypes and then with the growers and so on. In many ways, there's sort of parallels with the wine industry. I mean, the, the, the wine industry has a similar sort of story about growing um, an industry, not just individual wineries exploding, but actually you need an ecosystem. It takes a village to raise a baby, doesn't it? Um, uh, are there... Other parallels with wine, we we have enjoyed, all enjoyed, I think, the benefits of a growing wine industry in New Zealand. Are there parallels here, Kerry? Do you think that craft beer has the same potential to be a big industry? Uh, I think there's some, yes, yes, uh, short answer is yes. Long answer is there's differences between the wine and beer industry that make it difficult. Uh for beer to be exported quite the same as you do with wine. Um, beer is probably, hoppy beer in particular, is probably be more considered like fresh produce. You know, fresher is better. Mm. Uh, whereas wine, from what I understand, um, it ages 
and can improve of age. Uh, Hoppy Bear, I'd be doubtful if it was going to improve of age. Um, so that that always becomes problematic when you've got to export something that's, if you're exporting a product that's mm. fresh. Saying that, the hops themselves can be export. They're perfectly stable. When you dry them, pa- package them properly, they can be exported um, mm. worldwide, sit in a chiller for months before they're used. So that's, you know, whether you compare the beer industry to wine or just the hop industry to wine would be, possibly hops could be more comparable than the, the whole overall craft brewing industry. Craft brewing, yeah, well, beer and outside of a few small styles are very um, you know, time sensitive to drink, basically. Mm, interesting. Ron, do you agree? Is there uh, sort of similar but different, but, but sufficiently different that you can't really expect the same growth trajectory? Uh, yeah, I, I I can't imagine it being um, in the billions of dollars worth. Uh, I think that's what the, the the wine industry is to New Zealand's exports. I it, I find it um, it might not be quite of that magnitude, but certainly you know there's there's room for significant growth. And and I think Kerry's right. You know, it's more the hops rather than the beer that we'd be looking at here because you know it's it that's the well, the, the on hops are the key ingredient to beer, so um, mm. That, mm. that's that's the way we should be looking at it. I think um, the I'm mean, there's certainly there's some there's some really great breweries out there exporting beer, but uh, it's probably more like the, the the hop growing, and there's certainly room for expansion. Yes, there is. Um, my gut feeling is that probably the Areas that uh, I think Kerry alluded to is, you know, sort of you draw a line through the middle of the North Island and that south and probably some areas down south of here. Um, we're at 41 latitude south and so, you know, somewhere around down uh, Cheviot Way or even further south, they're about 43 there and sort of down central Otago, down about 45, which is probably pretty good latitudes. The hops seem to respond quite well to, you know, the latitude change. So, um yeah, I I think it's probably more paralleling with the the hops versus um, the wine grapes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm. Uh, I asked a question on Twitter. I said um, I'm talking to the um, to the granddaddies of the hop industry. What shall I ask them? And <laughs> so, <laughs> someone wanted to know: Can you grow hops uh, from cannabis? Can you grow um, what you know effectively a beer from from a cannabis plant? Because they're kind of similar, aren't they? They related those two plants. Yeah. Yes, they are. Yeah. <laughs> Very closely related, but I don't. You you can't you can't use you can't graft them or anything like that. Put it that you can't right. cross them. Yeah. If that's what you mean. Um, certainly, there's been. I mean, there's, there's it's quite widely known that there's hemp beers out there now. Um, and when you smell the two products, um, you know, occasionally we do get to smell them both, and um, they are. Um, quite similar in terms of their, their aromas they have. They, the, the compounds are quite similar. Obviously, mm. the hops don't have THC, but equally the um, cannabis doesn't have the um, the alpha acids, the precursor to the bittering compounds in hops, but they have got mm. a lot of other compounds and in, in, mm. uh, quite similar. So there are hemp beers, and I'm not, not sure whether Kerry want to add anything to that, but um, yeah. to me it's um, a bit of a... You know, we, we don't take it that seriously, to be quite honest, in terms of uh, replacing hops with um, cannabis in terms of beer. Yeah, I think people have been doing cannabis beers for a while now. It's not like they haven't existed. Um, yeah, I'd, 
like Ron said, I think that some of the flavor aromas of similar to hops. Um, but yeah, I, it's, I don't think they're breeding cannabis for use in beer. If they did that, that would be a lot more of a challenge, but um, potentially. It, it really is such a wonderful industry that you're involved in. I mean, you, you get to muck around and, labs and then also you know pioneer some crops and then and then test the product what a wonderful job uh, i really hope both of you enjoy beer that that would be tragic if if <laughs> if not one of you didn't drink do you enjoy beer well i, I think it that goes without saying doesn't it we <laughs> a little bit <laughs> that's, a little that's bit. how we that's how we're so useful <laughs> youthful looking <laughs> no no we, we've we have a lot of fun um when we're doing our our work it's it's certainly a great product to um to deal with and we and it's, and it's a great industry because you can interact not only with hop growers but you can inter, interact quite widely with the, the brewing industry which is kind of neat and they've got some wonderful personalities there in mm. new zealand and offshore too it's a it's not a it's not a big community but it's um you know it's kerry and i do a lot of interaction with um both the growers and the brewers. So, and yeah. yes, we. I, I, I'm speaking for Kerry here. <laughs> we both certainly like beers. Probably Kerry more than me. Well, I think I know Kerry's <laughs> answer because he he's actually part owner in a brewery, aren't you? Aren't you, Kerry? I have a very very small shareholding in a in Mythica Brewing based out of Auckland. Um, yes, yes, that was yeah. Actually, predates my time in the hop breeding program. So yeah. He's, He's also um, he's a bit of a you would call him a beer geek because he's got got a really sophisticated home brewing um, setup as well, uh, Vincent, and uh, he's he turns out some pretty pretty good home brews as well himself. Yeah. Well, well, I think quite it would apart be... from the fact we're doing it at work. <laughs> <laughs> I think you we would um, be remiss to not get some advice from you about. Um, you know how to you know what what's your favorite beer but also how how to judge a good craft beer so what would should we be looking for Kerry and you know when we um when we rock up to well, my local one is Urbanort or Beer Spot just down the road but you know any of them what what should help teach us um how to develop a palate oh god that's pretty hard to do over the, by zoom um or by video <laughs> i I would look if I'm looking for a beer. I tend IPAs in particular. I tend to look for fresh. So um, if I'm buying beer, I tend to buy beer that's fresh. Um, and most some breweries have started putting on even the brewed the date they brewed it, not the best before date, but the date it was brewed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll I'll look for that. Um, you're just wanting something that if you look at get your palate for tasting them um i'd be looking at just things that taste fresh they don't they shouldn't have a stale or any of those sort of flavors um also your as you say your local's a beer spot you probably can't go too wrong there but they're generally got some good 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 selection um, the selection's pretty wide it's yeah pretty wide. and then there's always that decision about do you um go for bottled and canned or do you go for tap because uh, even that introduces a new experience doesn't it i Taps usually usually better um, would be my my gut. It's actually it, it totally depends on how they store the beer. If the beer is stored cold and it's been shipped cold and stored cold, then it's, your beer is, should be in top notch condition. Um, you know, I know some places don't store it cold. Some do. It, you know, you, it's hard to find out. Um, 
yeah, I'm not really helping much here, but <laughs> I think I think you're right, though, Kerry. I mean, your, your first your first call, if you had a choice of the three, would be um, would be the tap bear. Yeah, and tap bears. Because that's usually usually expect that the tap bears it's in a keg which has been hauled out from a brewery pretty close by and and yeah. uh, put on you know sort of is ready and it's and it's fresh and it's been chilled. So um, as you know, there, there's room for. Um, if you're buying them from supermarkets, for instance, you know there could be a you know not not necessarily 100% cool chain process mm. being applied. So I'm not I'm not having a go at supermarkets, but um, they you know some beers if they left around on the shelves they can age. Mm-hmm. A lot a lot of a lot of a lot. I mean, I'm not I'm not all craft beer. There are craft beers out there that filter and pasteurize and do all those those techniques which do improve shelf shelf stability. But there's a lot of craft breweries that don't, and if they're not pasteurised and not or filtered to the right levels, then you you can have live yeast still in your beer, which means you can get fermentation happening um, in the sort of back in the background if it's warmer um, in the beer. It's it's minor, but it's I don't know, I'm fussy. That's the other thing. Put it put it this way: I'm quite fussy when it comes to beer. <laughs> well, look, if we were if we were not if you weren't fussy, we would be worried, right? We we want you to be fussy. Um, what's your what is your favourite currently, Kerry? Oh, actually, had the sawmills um, rewalk a fresh hop yesterday. It was very nice. Um, it was a very nice beer. The other one I had. So this is my thing. It's almost always going to be a seasonal beer. Is my favourite because. I'm always hunting around for new things. Um, but, yeah, that, that sawmill rewalker, fresh hop rewalker beer was one of the best examples I've tasted of a commercial beer with rewalker. Uh, we use rewalker quite a lot in our brewing program, and, yeah, it was that was a lovely beer. Rewalker being one of the cultivars that you've pioneered, yes. Ron, at, and at Plant yes. Food, and, and, Ron, is that your handiwork as well? Yes, this does, yeah. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> uh, we should point out, actually, we'd forgotten to mention that um, you've actually had a cultivar named after you, which is um, uh, just remember what it, uh, remind me what it is. It's a combination of ron and nectar, I think. Yeah, the other way around. Yeah, nectar ron. Nectar ron. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of um, yes, it has, and I, uh, I I should add, and I repeat it many times to people that I I didn't choose the name, <laughs> 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 but. Um, Yes, it's um, it's been uh, it, it actually it, it's it's been quite successful too. The cultivar is looking like it's going to be uh, the most important um, uh, plant in, in the in NZ hop stable of new cultivars uh, or cultivars in general um, mm. within a year or two. At the, I think it's about hundred tons of it this year, and out of a total of it's about ten percent of the crop that they're producing. So uh, and it's rocketed up from. Pretty much zero two years ago to to 100 tons, and there's a lot of breweries out there want it, and a lot of Australian breweries and United States breweries are itching to get their hands on it. That's for sure. So it's um yeah. And if if you asked me what my favourite beer was at, the, at this point in time, it'd be Edline's uh, Fresh Hop Nectaron. Um, so there you go. That's Edline Brewery here in uh, Nelson. Uh, they just stuck out uh, one of their Fresh Hop beers, and uh, I think it's pretty cool. But I, I'm a bit biased because it's got my name in it. You see, so. yeah, so you kind of have to like it. But you know, it's it's possible that um, 
that you you know you're allowed to not like your your own creation but that would be weird well it's been delightful talking to you uh, guys and I, I think we should thank you also for helping uh you know as a country develop this industry what an exciting time to see such dynamism uh in the industry uh p- particularly with um the growth of all these sort of microbreweries and the small brands so um thank you for your work and uh, we look forward to toasting your success probably this yeah. afternoon indeed yeah well cheers to that yeah.